1: plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories is And Down the Rushy Glen, written and narrated by Georgia Cook.
1: We've got to be very, very quiet Annabeth's eyes were wide behind the lenses of her glasses Quiet as mice Juliet grinned, her brows furrowed in mock seriousness And why is that? Annabeth shushed her There were no other people on the mountain trail this evening The trees rustled overhead, turning the woods into a gentle sea of sound the ground sloped endlessly upwards, winding up the hillside into an orange sunset. Because of the fairies, Annabeth whispered. Chloe was Annabeth's twin sister, identical in all but personality. She punched Annabeth sharply on the arm. Don't go telling her all that, she hissed. You'll spoil the game. What game? Juliet stood, brushing herself down with a grimace. She'd agreed to meet Rob down at the campsite after the hike, and was beginning to regret her choice of impractical shorts and t-shirt. We're looking for fairies, said Annabeth, rubbing her arm. Real fairies, cut in Chloe. None of that kid rubbish. Juliet managed a smile. And how do you do that? Both twins gave her a withering look. We've got to find where they live, of course, said Chloe. Juliet's smile flickered. She recognised the twins' expressions. She'd invaded a game meant just for them. As their old pair, she did not belong. She was merely a tolerated interloper, decreed by their mother. She fought back a twinge of annoyance. She'd hoped the trip to Scotland would bring them closer together. She'd worked with difficult children before, but the twins weren't difficult. They were polite and precocious, with their quiet games and vivid imaginations. They were simply... odd. Come on, Annabeth grabbed Juliet's hand. The little girl's skin was cold beneath her wooden gloves, like she'd been standing in a freezer. We'll show you. Despite her surprise, Juliet paused. The forest path narrowed the higher they climbed, intersected here and there with rocks and underbrush, The campsite was already a hazy blot in the field below. Soon it would be hidden completely. We should be heading back, she said. Your mum? Come on! Annabeth gave her hand a tug. Juliet was startled by the force. Okay, okay, she relented. 15 minutes, then we head back, okay? Annabeth nodded furiously, still tugging her hand. The track up the hillside had seemed simple at first, but soon resolved into a series of winding lanes, crossing and overlapping through the trees. The girls scampered ahead, their voices raised in delighted shrieks, while Juliet stumbled along behind. Juliet closed her eyes and took a deep breath. The air felt different up here, sharper, deeper, cold in the back of the throat, nothing like the air she'd grown accustomed to in London. She'd been amazed on their first night in Scotland, to look up and see the sky glittering with stars. The world was different up here. And you've been to the Highlands before? Mrs Colt, the twins' mother, had asked the night before the trip. I thought, with your surname. Oh, not since I was a kid, Juliet had admitted. Her surname, McCarthy. Put certain people in mind of sprawling Scottish hills and purple heather. Uh, my grandad's from Glasgow, but my dad moved to Clapham when he was twelve. Mrs Colt had smiled at that. Then it'll be a new experience for you, I'm sure. The twins can't wait to show you the sights. They certainly know their way around that hillside. Juliet had been au for the Colt family since March. This was her first time accompanying them on holiday. They were a small, wealthy family, occupying a sprawling Victorian property in affluent Balham. Both parents worked full-time, as a banker and lawyer, respectively, leaving their twin daughters with a long succession of minders. Chloe and Annabeth were bright girls, but isolated. Juliet often felt sorry for them, with their games and their whispers and their silent stares. It was a pleasant surprise to find herself included albeit tangentially, in a game. The shadows grew longer, the gaps between the trees smaller and stranger as the trio climbed the hill. Up ahead, the trail curved suddenly, swerving past a large green clearing. The grass here was long and lush, free from brambles. The branches of the trees on either side crisscrossed and intertwined, creating a rustling lid of perpetual shadow. But that wasn't what caught Juliet's attention. In the middle of the clearing stood a vast tree trunk, blackened and old. A ragged gash split it from top to bottom, just large enough for a person to squeeze through, allowing access into the hollow space within. The twins stopped at the edge of the clearing and regarded the trunk solemnly. This is where they live, explained Chloe, as Juliet stumbled up behind the fairies. Juliet ran a hand through her hair, fighting down a twinge of unease. "'All of them?' she asked, forcing a smile. Annabeth nodded solemnly. "'Sometimes they take kids,' she said. "'Bring them up here and eat them, just like that.' "'I thought fairies were supposed to be nice,' said Juliet. "'You know, uh, flowers and uh, petal skirts.' Chloe shook her head with the air of a disappointed scholar, "'Grown-ups just say that to feel better. "'Otherwise they'd be scared all the time.' "'What about your mum? "'Did she tell you all this about fairies?' "'The girl shrugged, a small identical movement. "'Mummy doesn't like us talking about fairies,' said Annabeth. "'Even the fake kind.' "'Why?' "'Another shrug. Uh, "'Does your mum know about this place?' "'She never comes this far,' said Chloe." She always sends the nanny with us. Juliet didn't like the way Chloe referred to her as nanny. She didn't like any of this conversation. Something about the bristling woodland, the creeping shadows, the way the wind whistled through the tall, hollow tree trunk. Suddenly, she wanted to be back in her tent with Rob. She wanted to be back in London, with lights and doors and central heating. She wanted to be as far away from nature as humanly possible. Right. She said, lifting her chin. I think it's time we were getting back. Annabeth grabbed Juliet's wrist, her little fingernail surprisingly sharp. Just five minutes, she said. Just five minutes, please. We'd really like you to play with us. Juliet glanced at Chloe. The little girl's expression was unreadable. After a moment, she nodded too. We would, she said. Juliet sighed. "'Okay, what do I do?' "'The girls exchanged a look. "'Annabeth let go of Juliet's wrist. "'Then Chloe nodded again. "'You've got to go inside,' she said. "'Why?' "'So they know you're there. "'It's like,' Annabeth motioned, "'when you knock on a door and say hi.' "'Knocking on a door. "'We'll come in after you,' Chloe promised. Juliet glanced back at the tree. Perched on its narrow slope, it seemed to lean forever forward, threatening at any moment to topple and crush them flat. She stepped into the clearing. The grass reached up to her ankles, thick with moss and patches of dappled shade. The ground rose sharply to a tilt, as if the world were pulling itself desperately backwards. The ruined trunk loomed ever taller, the gash in its side jagged and sharp. Juliet reached out a tentative hand and touched the bark. It felt wet against her fingertips, slick to the touch. A thick, loamy scent hung in the air, heavy with leaf mould. The top of the trunk lay open to the air. If Juliet stood in the middle and looked up, she'd be able to see the sky high above her. That was a comfort, at least. Juliet cast a final glance over her shoulder. Chloe and Annabeth stood side-by-side on the edge of the clearing, their glasses flashing in the fading sunlight. For just a moment, it seemed as if their eyes gleamed a burnished gold, like fallen stars, like the eyes of a night animal, identical pinpricks in the dark. Then Juliet turned and slipped inside. Hello? Annabeth and Chloe stood together, waiting. A chill breeze nipped the treetops overhead, making them sway and whisper. A scattering of stars dotted the evening sky, which was rapidly turning a blotchy purple. Nothing stirred within the ancient tree trunk. The gap lay silent and black. An owl hooted somewhere in the branches above them. Night was creeping through the woods. They never work right, muttered Chloe, kicking a stone. It's not fair. Mummy will get us a new one said Annabeth, pragmatically. Yeah, I suppose. Mummy would be upset with them. Mummy was always upset when they lost to Nanny, but she was never upset for long. Mummy, the twins had learned, was much too busy to be anything for long. There would be a new au pair, and they could try again next holiday. Finally, the twins turned and started back down the path together, hand in hand, leaving the clearing at its loamy darkness. Something rustled in the bushes beside the path. A flash of gold. Some night animal peering from its hiding place. Watched them as they passed. Sounds, soft and muffled, floated down the hill towards them. A snapping twig. A rustle of cloth. The distant suggestion of laughter. A voice called from the shadows, carried on the breeze. annabeth Chloe." A shape appeared on the path behind them, dark against the darkness. The twins hesitated. "'Juliet?' asked Annabeth. The figure froze, oddly jagged in silhouette, before starting towards them with a familiar gait. "'Oh, girls,' Juliet whispered, merging out of the gloom. "'I'm so glad I caught you.' The twins' shoulders relaxed. Annabeth scuffed a toe through the dirt. We were just walking back. Chloe stomped forward. You didn't come out of the tree, she said. That was a mean trick. Juliet shrugged. I was hiding. We'll tell mummy you made us walk back all alone. Juliet laughed. It was a strange musical sound. A thousand tiny echoes followed it between the trees until it seemed for a moment that the forest was laughing along with her. No, she said at last. You won't. We will," Chloe lifted her chin. "We will, and then Mummy'll get angry with you, and she'll send you home and find us a nice new Danny." "You won't," said Juliet, leaning forward. "Because I saw the fairies." Annabeth paused, her eyes wide. "You did." Juliet nodded eagerly. Her movements looked strange in the darkness, too fast, too smooth. "'like a spider on a spidling thread. "'You were right. "'You were both so clever. "'Well, what did they look like then?' asked Chloe. "'Beautiful,' Juliet breathed, "'with golden eyes and smiling mouths. "'And so many teeth. "'This close, Juliet's clothes were scuffed and torn, "'her shorts green with leaf mould, "'leaves stuck at odd angles from her tangled hair. Teeth. Asked Annabeth, her brows furrowing. Juliet nodded. Teeth for tearing and ripping. Teeth for skinning and rending. Oh, they told me such interesting things. That's not funny, but it's what you told me, isn't it? You know so much. How many nannies have you brought up here? Given to the tree. The fairies told me that too. They're very impressed. Annabeth's lip wobbled. Beyond the path, in the gaps between trees, distant lights seemed to glimmer, tiny spots of golden brightness, sharp against the black. Why don't we go back to the clearing? Juliet murmured, leaning in close. And I can show you. Isn't that what you wanted? To see the fairies. All around them now, more eyes opened in the underbrush, glittering and gold. On the best clasped Chloe's arm and whimpered. Juliet turned. No, no. She placed a finger to her lips. It's okay. It's okay. See? I'm just fine. She reached out to stroke the girl's hair. Her skin felt cold, damp to the touch. A smell like leaf mold filled the air, loamy and green, like something kept underground. Juliet leaned closer, tucking a finger under Annabeth's chin, and smiled a smile as bright as silver. They only eat children.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. And Down, The Rushy Glen was written and narrated by Georgia Cook, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Silicon Transmitter and Tom Robson and sound effect provided by freesound.org The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading and of course to Ben Errington for cleaning out our social media closets with his Marie Kondo content technique Ah, that's better Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She's the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize, Staunch Book Prize, and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter and at Cooked and on her website at georgiacookwriter.com. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial no-derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. So until next time.
1: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part?